One, two, three. Hallelujah! All right. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Man, you guys are trying to catch up with Wednesdays. Amen. I'm telling you, you're trying to catch up with Wednesdays. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. We'll get right into this. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Clap for the Lord. Amen. All right, look at your name and say, get your Bible out. All right. And so we've, we've made a commitment to stick with the word. Amen. You know, a lot of people can change things. They can change their mind. They can change what's in, what's out. But we can just look at the word as a constant and know that the word is going to work from generation to generation. Amen. And so we're going to be those that are committed to it. I want to uh, preach this message this morning entitled, God-directed living. God-directed living. And so um, this is beautiful because if you think about it, like let's say you got saved and then you just had to figure everything out from there. That's going to be rough because you got saved, but you still got to live in the earth. It'd be different if we just got saved and we got to leave here. But we get saved and then we got to stay here. And so unless a person gets saved on their deathbed, but we have to understand that we need God's guidance. Amen. And so two of the greatest things you can ever learn as a Christian, I'm going to give these to you. It's not, uh, you know, how to sing, how to praise, even how to read your Bible, all these different things, how to serve in church. Two of the greatest things you can ever learn as a Christian Our one is how to hear God. I'm going to help you all today. How to hear God. And two, how to obey God. You'd be surprised at the amount of confusion that comes when it comes to these two things. How to hear God. And then two, how to obey God. Let's start out with Isaiah 30, verse 21. Isaiah uh, 30, verse 21. Just King James. So he says here, And thy ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So if you think about that, you say your ears will hear a word. How many of you guys believe God will speak to you? Now, I'm telling you, we live in a world that's filled with manipulation. There's people trying to deceive. There's all kind of stuff going on, but we got to tune in to what God is doing. So your ears are going to hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk you in and when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. And so there's going to be some instructions. Psalm 32, 8. Go over and turn over there. Psalm 32, 8. I will. Now, how many know when God says it, he's going to do it? God is not a man. He should lie. Right. God doesn't change. He doesn't say he's going to help you. And then later on, he doesn't. And Jesus even says in Hebrews 13, uh, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so you start to understand some things like that. Then you go, God is dependable. So he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. I mean, oh, if God is guiding you with his eye, is better than you guiding yourself with your own eye. Because he could see some things you can't see. How many know God can see some things in people that you can't see? He can see some things in places that you can't see. I mean, he knows more than you. And so I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. And so now, if I said that there are, you know, two things that we need to learn, the two greatest things we could ever learn as a Christian is one, how to hear God and two, how to obey God. Then how many of y'all want to be prepared for that? Amen. How many of y'all want to be in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm working towards that, man. That, that's a goal of mine. I'm, I'm not just, you know, 
um, not just going to leave that out there. I'm going to grab a hold of that. Well, there are some steps that we must take to prepare ourselves to be able to hear and obey God. I got to really emphasize this. Because there's so many people, man, that get deceived by other people. There's so many people that get deceived by themselves. So many people, they they praying and they thinking that it's God telling them to do something and it ain't even God. And so we've got to be in that place where, okay, I got to prepare myself. What you preparing yourself for? I'm preparing myself to be able to hear God and to obey God. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Can't you just do it? Mm-mm. You got to learn how to be prepared for this. You actually have to train for this. Now, it doesn't seem like something that will require training, but man, it does require training. And so there are steps we must take to prepare ourselves to be able to hear and obey. Number one step you have to take. I would call this, this is me personally. It's not like I would get in no theological debate about it, but me personally, I would say this is the number one principle of the kingdom. This is what I'm about to tell you right now. And if people understood this, they will not have half the problems they have. But most people don't understand it. The number one principle to me is, and I can back it up with scripture, but self-sacrifice. So how do I prepare myself to hear and obey God? Number one thing you got to do. Self-sacrifice. Amen? So what, what? Because I thought I was supposed to go to God when I need help. I thought I was supposed to go, you know, because now church is all about, you know, you want to get your breakthrough. You want to get you this. You want to get you that. And, you know, but Jesus was talking about stuff like you need to die. Uh-huh. What, but what about my house, Jesus? Because, you know, I need my house. No, you must die if you're going to follow me. Amen. And so self-sacrifice, the number one kingdom principle. Now, if you understand this, you'll be excited about it because you understand that death is a doorway. So I'll give you some help on this. Death is a doorway. And I'm talking about this. You, you know, you can die to self and still be alive. But this is a doorway. So this kingdom has things that are greater than you and and better and and wonderful. And God has ways of fixing problems that you had no idea. And there's so many supernatural happenings that just flow so freely. But how do I get in there? It's like, I want to get that, man. That sounds good. Seems like uh, healing is over there. Money's over there. Victory's over there. All this stuff is over there. How do I get in there? You have to die. Oh. Wait, what? You mean when I go to heaven? No, I'm talking about die to self right now. You know, it's easier for a person to die the physical death than it is for them to die to their self. Oh, let me say that again. It's easier for a person to die the physical death than it is for them to die to self because they might not have control over the physical death. That death is coming and they know it. And so they can't control it. But dying to themselves is an act of the free will. And that's where the pride of man gets in the way. And that's where stubbornness and that's where I'm just, you know, that's just the way I am. That's when all that stuff comes in and gets in the way. But yet Jesus started out right away. If you're going to follow me. Hmm? You have to deny yourself. Come on, man. How many of y'all been, have stepped into it? Don't even raise your hand, but you have stepped into some practice of denying yourself. I'm not talking about uh, going on a, a hunger strike. That ain't, you know, that type of stuff is not even that powerful. People said, I'm, you know, I'm disciplining myself. And so I've stopped eating. That don't mean you're obeying God. Amen. You'd be better off going to get a cheeseburger and just obey God. I'm trying to feel all religious. Well, I'm just, you know, denying myself and I'm just staying away from all this food. Well, you know what I'm doing? I'm eating, but I'm still obeying God. Amen. See, people do things to make themselves feel more enlightened. Uh, these cults and things like that, they have places for you to go. You know, they have stuff like you go over here and pay us all these thousands of dollars and we're going to let you uh, sit in that steamy cave with about 12 other people with no lights on. What? 
Yeah, we're just going to keep you in the dark up in there, man. It's going to be, you know, just stinky and slimy, and, but you're going to come out enlightened. You mean you got to go through that to get some enlightenment? Amen. Amen. And people do that and come out just as dumb as they were when they went in. Huh? Because the only way to enlightenment is you got to deny yourself. And it's not going to be on your terms. It's going to be on God's terms. People step into discipline when they want, when they tell themselves. Some people say, that's it. I'm going to change my diet. Why? Because I don't like the way I look in my pants. Or people go to the doctor and they say, hey, you know, your levels are all off. You might need to change up some stuff. But that doesn't mean that's a true sacrifice, like you're truly sacrificing yourself. And so let's go to Luke, Luke 9.23. Read in the King James and Amplified. And he said to them, if any man will come after me. So you guys know what Jesus is talking about? Jesus is exposing them to a new way of living. And and this is powerful and wonderful. And they're seeing this heal and they're seeing all this stuff happen. But he says unto them, if any man will come after me, let him what? So that means let him deny himself. Some people are like, well, God, if you don't want me to do it, just take it from me. Some people have prayers like, Lord, if this is not your will, just shut it down. But they're not paying attention to their free will. Like you can choose what you're going to do. And so, and he said unto them, all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. So that means you got to do that. You have to be the one that denies yourself. Let him deny himself and take up his cross when? Oh, pastor, but I did that yesterday. Let me know today is brand new. Come on. A lot of people have been living, they've been living good for like 10 years. And then something changed. We call it backsliding in the church. But what happened? Well, he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and then what? Follow me. So you can't follow him without taking up your cross. And that's what gets people in trouble. And that's what gets people to uh, a place where even pastors and things like that, they start manipulating the scriptures and they start changing things and and things are uh, adjusted because of their agenda. Come on, somebody. If they need to raise money for a campaign, they can preach more on the money side. Or if they need this or that, they can just put it in however they want. But what Jesus is saying, he must take up his cross daily. So that means the only people that can follow me are dead people. Oh, come on. And I'm not talking about the physical death. I'm talking about denying yourself. It's your will, your own personal. It's really, we'll talk about it today. It's about your soul. It's that Putting that stuff in check. Let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. So he says, Amplified Classic, and he said to all, if any person will, see that? It's personal will. It's your will. You got a free will. If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself. What does it say? Disown? Y'all okay with that? Come on, because some of y'all get uptight if stuff ain't just so. You know what I mean? If it, you know, some of y'all picky with the way you eat or whatever. If it's just, you know, anybody up in here? And it's just like, if it ain't just so, you know what I mean? You're just like, hmm, I don't, I don't even want that. You don't? No, I don't want that. Why? Because it ain't just so. Ain't just the way I like it. Well, what if God said, oh, really? Okay, so what I'm going to do for you is you're not going to be eating for two weeks. <laughs> You'd be like, what was that I had? I'll take it. I can adjust. 
But he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Oh, no way, Jesus. This is too hard. Now, look at this. This is what the Bible said. This is not anything profound. This is just this is how Jesus was letting you know this is how this starts. And then he says, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example in living. And if need be, what? In dying also. What is this? We're talking about Christianity. 101. None basic. This ain't nothing to do with uh, whether or not you speak in tongues. Ain't nobody talking about all that. We're just talking about simple stuff. Denying yourself. And now, this is hard to do, especially in a world that's driven by self-promotion. Self-preservation, self-gratification, all that type of stuff. Think about this. Everything is about you. Everything. How many of y'all would do something that you didn't want to do because God said it? I didn't get no amens because y'all just said, well, I don't know. What it just depends on what day he asked me because I'm just saying, I just can't be jumping up, running around, doing all this stuff. You're not ready for the kingdom life. You know, the kingdom life is such that God could give you instructions and no explanation as to why. And he can tell you and you say, well, when? And he says right now. What? God, I don't. I mean, you don't have time to see. That's why I say it's the number one principle in the kingdom. If people understood this, we wouldn't have all the drama we have. We wouldn't have all the stuff that goes on in people's lives and, and they're arguing about stuff and they're this and that. And, and, and it's because we have the world's system that we've adhered to, but now we're trying to become kingdom. Amen. But the kingdom is a whole different system. The kingdom doesn't care about your schedule, your agenda, your purpose, your will, it only cares about one, and that's God. Amen. Amen? And so, when I'm looking at this now, why am I telling you all this? Because this is to prepare. To prepare you to learn how to hear God. What? And obey God. But if you don't get this stuff I'm teaching you first, you're not going to be able to hear God. I'm going to show you how the devil tricks people. You're not going to be able to hear God and you're not going to be able to obey him if you can't hear him. Amen. And so that self-sacrifice is important. So if we start to understand that even in the church, people often ask God to bless their path. Lord, I'm going to do this or that. Just asking that you bless me as I go do this or that. Instead of asking God to reveal their path. Come on, man. I'm teaching y'all some stuff that'll help you if you would apply. If you would apply. You, you're not going to be popular, but you're going to be prosperous. Oh, come on, somebody. You might not be popular, but you're going to be prosperous, and you're going to have kingdom benefits on display in your life. Because, once again, death is a doorway. So in order for me to enter into this, I got to die to self. I can't take the old me. I'm telling you, the old you is going to mess all this up. It ain't going to mess it up for God. It's going to mess it up for you. And that's why people get themselves in situations and they wonder why it ain't working out. And so if I start to understand this, I must be in a place where I'm out of the way. And so he says, a lot of people often ask God to bless their path instead of asking God to reveal their path. And so when a path is revealed, I mean, oh, that's a path that God set. Now, what you want to do is you want to ask God, not bless me while I go. Lord, tell me which way to go. 
Y'all, did y'all get that? See, that's a, just a quick adjustment to your prayer. Don't say, bless me when I go or where I go. Lord, tell me which way to go, when to go, whatever, what to do. Because I know if you tell me, I ain't got to ask him to bless it. Come on. The path that God tells you to walk on is already blessed. Because God ain't trying to figure out stuff. And so we need to learn to get to that place where we can be open like that. We can be open like that and we can say, Lord, reveal. See, I'm praying for revelation. I'm not praying for you to bless this or that. Lord, bless this job. Lord, bless this house. Lord, bless this uh, marriage. Lord, bless all this stuff. But then sometimes we get to asking God to bless stuff. But then he said, well, you didn't ask me for revelation first. So you went down the path I didn't tell you to go on. Oh, y'all. And so now you ask me to bless some stuff, but you didn't ask for no revelation. And because everything you're doing was because of your desire and not mine. And now you fear, you realize, oh, it ain't working out. Oh, really? It ain't working. I wonder why it ain't working out. But if I learn because I want to get to this place, I want to advance as a Christian. I don't want to just keep going to church and keep going up and down. Come on. How many of y'all tired of the roller coaster? You don't want to just keep going up and down. Man, I've been having. Well, I had a good year this year. Last year was what? Uh, how many of y'all you supposed to be walking on high? Come on, you're supposed to be walking on high all the time. You're supposed to be able to answer and really mean it. Somebody says, how you doing? I'm still blessed. I'm still highly favored. I'm still doing just as good as I've always been doing. Why? Because I've always been obeying God. I'm not entering into doors that I push my way through. But people go on these roller coasters because they're not asking God to reveal the path. They're asking God to bless the path. You need to ask God to reveal the path that is already blessed. And then that's where the blessing will be added with no sorrow with it. Come on, somebody. Uh, Listen, listen. See, some people think they get something and they think it's the Lord and they get in there and all of a sudden some sorrow comes from somewhere. The Lord blessed me with this house. Well, why are you stressing over the mortgage? Oh, I can't get no amen right there. I said, the Lord blessed me with this car. Well, why are you stressing over it? Maybe it was a desire. Maybe it was something you wanted. But just because you wanted it doesn't mean that's what he had for you. This is this stuff will save you a lot of heartache if you. But but how how do I enter into this pastor again? Because I'm kind of this is I'm getting interested in this die. Oh, that's that part. You just say that. Remember, death is a doorway. All right. Okay, so we want to ask God to reveal this path now. Number two, so I'm giving you things that you can actually apply. One, I said the number one thing you got to do is self-sacrifice. To me, that is the number one kingdom principle, self-sacrifice. Die to self. I gave you the scripture. Get out the way. There's more that you can research to find out. But even that, um, that Luke, like we looked at in 923 in the Amplify, read that over. Because it's telling you some in-depth detail about how you deny yourself. And so now... The second thing we must learn to do, and there's many more, but, you know, we're not going to be here all day, so I can't give all this up. But this, this is like the nuggets, man. You get number one and two, boy, you're going to be off and running. Amen. Number one, that's self-sacrifice. Y'all get it? Yes. Don't be, you know, don't be asking God to just take stuff away from you. Lord, can you take this anger away from me, please? <laughs> and the Lord will say, why don't you lay it down on the altar? Oh, well, you mean me lay it down? Yeah, you lay it down. You getting mad and fussing because you still want to. Oh, but when you lay it down, now you offered it unto God as an act of your free will. Then now he'll receive that and then he'll replace it with his character 
and you'll begin to do things that are pleasing to him. And so the, the second thing is we must learn to quiet our soul. We must learn to quiet our soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, that soul is heavily influenced by your surroundings. I'm telling you, man, this stuff, boy, you learn that you got to see now, these are things that you got to put into practice. You know, sometimes when you first learn something, it kind of feels awkward, right? It feels like, oh, I don't know if that's the natural way, you know, if, uh, but there are scenes that require discipline. I can remember like running track, you know, uh, there will be people that are, are gifted and they have some speed, but then they get out there and they start running and their arms is all out there like this. Anybody, any athletes up in here? They, they're running fast, but their arms is way out here. Well, the first, <laughs> a good track coach is going to get a hold of them so quick and get them elbows in Amen. because you not, listen, that's going to get you some, you know, you're going to do all right. But wait till we start coming up on some higher competition. Amen. That, that poor form is no longer going to work for you. Amen. 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 But then if they can make the adjustment and then they learn, and now this is a new normal for them. And so this is what God does. So some things are Habitual. Some things that you do are habitual. It's just the way you do it. You like to do it that way. But the Holy Spirit might say we, that that form is poor. So we're not going to keep on using that bad form because, yeah, you've been able to defeat some small devils. Oh, come on, y'all. Some of y'all have been able to defeat some small devils just by reading that little one Bible verse you read. Come on, somebody, you, you, ain't, you really ain't developed that much discipline, so you got that one little, well, you know what I'm saying, Pastor, I'm getting around to it. I'm getting around to reading, you know what I'm saying. I mean, this week, I read three days out of the week. What? You read your Bible three days out of the week, and you think you're doing good? Well, if you're not careful, you say, well, I've been, I've been doing all right. I mean, man, I still, you know, ain't nothing terrible happen. But the devil is just waiting for the right time to, um, to mount that attack on you. But if you train right, the stuff that don't feel comfortable. Man, it's just not always comfortable for me just to be reading the Bible every day. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, man, I read the Bible and fall asleep. Come on, y'all. I can't get an amen right there. Some of me are like, Pastor, that's why I don't be reading no long chapters. I'll be reading a long chapters. I'm just trying to look. How many verses is in there? One, two, eight uh, verses. I'm going to read that one. It's got eight verses. <laughs> but what will happen is you train yourself. You say, no, no, no. Habitually, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to read this. Why? Because now you're strengthening and you're getting a new habit, new form. And God is structuring you and preparing you for what's up ahead. Well, my soul, that's my mind, my will, and my emotions is heavily influenced by my surroundings and also worldly expectations. You know, this is so messed up. The world, you pay attention to the world. How I many know you're never going to reach the mark that they said you got to reach? Why? Because the mark that they're saying you got to reach is not even a real mark. What do I mean? They're not even on that. They're trying to push it out to you and say, well, by this age, you should have this. You should have that. And this is what happiness is. And they're not even happy. And then to me, social media is it could be used for the gospel. But oh, what the biggest fraud and fake thing ever created. Because everybody just presents to you what they want you to see. You see couples on there hugging and kissing. How come they don't show themselves arguing and fussing? Yeah. You'll get on my nerves. I can't stand you. How come that didn't turn into a reel? Amen? Because it's all about presenting an image. But you know what? God sees right through all that. And God is looking at the heart. 
And so for us, we want to be in a place where we can hear God and obey God, but we've got to quiet that soul. And that soul is heavily influenced by our surroundings. So who you hang around is going to influence your soul. What you watch is going to influence your soul. Uh, where you live, all these type of things is going to influence your soul. Well, you got to learn how to quiet that because, man, I'm telling you, that soul will jack up your prayer life. You find yourself slipping in there, praying some stuff that God don't even want you to pray about. Because it's this soul. And so also what's in that soul is personal desires. A lot of times people have personal desires. It's deeply embedded in there and that's what they want. And so instead of them going to ask God to reveal a path, they want something. And so their prayers are directed towards that thing. And so now all of a sudden they can now begin to hear God. And what is God speaking? What they wanted. And so they say, I heard the Lord. But was it him? Come on. Well, I felt like the Lord said, key indicator, he's not in feelings. So I felt like the Lord said, I should. God is not in feelings and he's not in should. God does not say you should. No, he says, this is what you will do. He gives instructions. Now, whether or not you follow them, that's up to you. And so personal desires you also have fears so people's fears are in that soul realm and so that could keep them from doing something that god may want them to do god could be leading them to a place but their fears get in the way and they get to praying and they say well you know and all of a sudden the lord is leading in a different direction god could say something and it a lot of times the stuff God tells you, I'm telling you, I'm living proof of it. It don't make sense. It just don't line up with the logic. A lot of stuff that God says, and I know it's God, it don't make no sense. It's like, wait, huh? I got no, nothing to lean on. Nothing to grasp to help me. But I noticed what he said. Because the way God works is God is not speaking to the part of you that's open for debate. He's speaking to the real you, which is your spirit. Your spirit, the Holy Ghost, bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And so my spirit is not open for debate, but my soul is. Why? Because my spirit is not influenced by who I'm around. My spirit, because I gave my life to Jesus, is now connected to God. And so it's the real me, but people don't follow the real them. They follow their soul. And so in that soul, you have room for debating. You have room for explaining. Listen, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is when I just told God, I don't need no explanation. Because I found that people will get themselves in theological debates and really The debating that's going on, it always boils back down to them not wanting to bow the knee to God. That's what I've learned. People start, I don't think we have to do this. And they start over explaining everything. I'm like, wow. Over explaining and all this. Well, you know, that's uh, that's people's different interpretation. and, And they come up with all kind of stuff. But God is not in that. God is like, this is what I said. That's what you do. Be blessed. You don't want to do what I said. Go on and walk in that curse. Oh, no, no. See, God is too kind and loving. See, that's because you haven't been reading the whole Bible, man. Stop being selective with the scriptures you read. I've been, you know, these, these patty cake Christians, man. Well, you know, God, he's just, you know, he don't do that anymore. But he's the one that says, I'm the Lord, I change not. But yet we change them because we don't want to obey. We want to manipulate and we want to put God. Because after all, I can't, you can't be preaching about no God that's so serious and so direct because people are going to be scared of him. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Man, you fear God, that's when your life changes. 
disobedient people don't fear God. That's why they keep disobeying. And when they're not obeying, they're not blessed. They're just deceived. And they're experiencing delayed failure. It's all going to come crumbling eventually. But it'd be better for you to just align your life to where things start to work for you and not against you. And so now you got to quiet that soul. Now, how do I quiet the noise? See, there's a, there, once again, your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, so much noise going on, so much things. You're going to be hit with stuff. You're going to be hit with, you know, but you guys ever thought about like Jesus was in the boat. You guys remember that? He was in the boat and the storm was raging. And the disciples were panicking because the water was coming into the boat and now there became a danger of losing life. But Jesus, what was he doing? Wait, he was asleep and he was laying on like a pillow. But how was he resting in the midst of apparent chaos? Because that chaos was not chaos to him. Come on. Because he was able to live above chaos. And so the things that were supposed to get him upset didn't move him. Because he knew he had power over these things. Well, how many know his soul was quiet? And when your soul is quiet, then you're not moved by outside noise. Come on, somebody. See, when your soul is quiet, you're not moved by what they say about the economy because you'll say something like, well, I'm a tither. I can't go broke anyway. Amen. It's impossible for me to do without. Come on, somebody. Because your soul is quiet. And then all of a sudden there's a, a panic and, and, a, and a worry about us being attacked or diseases prevailing or all this stuff. But if your soul is quiet, then the outside noise won't impact what's going on on the inside. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, how do you get there? Because people honestly are moved by what they're going through. Now. It's a great place to be when you advance in the Lord enough to where you could be going through something and no one knows. Because you're acting the same. You're speaking the same. Now, if you start to understand this, how do I quiet the the noise? So it's like static, right? Remember when radios, nobody listens to radio anymore, right? I mean, remember they used to have radio stations? (laughs) FM, y'all, they still got FM radio and all. I don't even, uh, man, but back in the day, you had to tune that thing in, right? If you didn't get it just right, it'd be static, and then you're trying to tune it in. Well, a lot of times there's static in your head based on what you're dealing with, all the issues of your life. It creates a noise, and so you have to quiet that noise because if you try to pray through that noise, you guys ever seen in the movies where maybe they're speaking on a, a what they call them, walkie-talkies or something, and it's coming in broken, and they're trying to figure out, and every other word is getting missed. Or sometimes we experience this now with bad cell phone service. And you don't get the whole message. But now you got to be able to quiet the noise. Well, how do I do that? Go to Psalm 46.10. This is all practical application. If you guys do it, you're going to be blessed. Amen. Be still. So what does that mean? Just stop, man. Just be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And so he says, be still. And so the reason that this is important, and I said it earlier, but your soul can trick you and can contaminate your prayers and have you hearing instruction That did not come from God. What I've learned about God is his ways always work. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. If God told me to get married, then guess what? The marriage is going to last. Oh, y'all don't want me to get into all this. 
If God told me to buy that house, then guess what? It's going to work out and whatever was supposed to be wrong is going to get fixed. Come on, somebody, because God don't make mistakes. His ways are always right. But I got to ask him to reveal the path, not bless the path. That way I step in and it's already blessed. I ain't got to worry about it over there. Come on. If that's the job that God told me to take. Come on. I'm not going to be up in there two months later talking about, man, these people tripping. No, you tripping. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. They ain't tripping. You tripping. Because you done went up in some place God didn't tell you to go. Why? Because you got frustrated at where you were. And sometimes God don't let you run from stuff. Come on. Sometimes there'll be somebody that is a thorn in your side and you're like, that's it. I got to get up out of this. And God say, yeah, I need you to stay right there and endure it. Because I'm using them to help purge you from some stuff. What? Yeah, I'm using them. I'm the one that gave them that bad attitude. They're nice. They're nice to everyone but you. Oh, you, they, they seem like they like everybody, but they don't like you. I, I made them that way because I need to get something out of you. Amen. Now, you can say, well, Pastor, I don't know if that's biblical. Because I don't know if God would do that. Well, I might have said it for you. Amen. And because think about it, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Like God has a path. He's not trying to figure out what he's going to do with me. But sometimes we got to learn along the way. Sometimes God says, man, I really want to put you on this next level, but I can't allow you to take that attitude up there, man, because you're going to mess up everything. So I got to get that attitude out of you. So that's why I'm going to send this old knucklehead over there to challenge you. Then you learn how to deal with people. Come on. Oh, y'all be telling on yourself. How many of y'all ever ran from somewhere and ran into another one at this other place? Oh, hold on. You ran from this one. I got to get up out of here because of this one. And you ran on over into here and they got another one over there, too. That ought to tell you something. God is trying to bring some change in you. But now you got to be able to quiet this noise. And so once again, your soul can trick you and contaminate your prayers and have you hearing instruction that did not come from God. That's why you, man, I'll give as much warning as I can. Just pray. But ask God, you know, position yourself. Understand the steps that you must must take. You can't be praying like this if you haven't even taken step one. You haven't died to self. You're not even in a position to pray. Lord, should I do this or should I do that? You're not really in a position to hear from him because you still have a self-driven life. You still have your own desires. You still have motives. You still have things that are important to you. And so you can't properly hear God. But if you deny yourself, and you say, oh, man, then now you're going to quiet the noise. So how do I quiet the noise? Man, I got to shut off all this stuff. I can't just be bombarding my mind with all this stuff. I got to get that out. Let me just quiet it down. Let me get into the word. Let me just praise God. Let me get some praise music or something. Let me just quiet this stuff down. Amen. A lot of times you want an answer to your problem. And sometimes the answer doesn't come until you stop praying about it. So sometimes you don't get the answer until you stop asking God about it because you already ask him and you wake up tomorrow and ain't changed what you doing asking again stop asking you asked yesterday now get up tomorrow and listen pastor I tried that one time I tried to listen to God for two minutes and people, people have, listen, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling the truth. Most people 
I'm talking about most all people have some form of attention deficit disorder. If you try to talk to people, rarely will you find one that can genuinely listen to you. This is a public disorder in our world. You know why? Because we live in a microwave society. See, a lot of times I get cut off when I'm speaking because I talk too slow. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Now, y'all don't cut me off when I'm preaching. That's the one time I could just go as slow as I want and ain't nobody going to interrupt me. But I find my, if I'm communicating with people, I found I talk too slow. And that because I talk so slow, I get cut off a lot. But I have a lot of wisdom. And I use my words wisely. That's something I've learned. And see, when you start elevating in God, then God's going to use you in some ways. And so he'll have you slow down. He'll have you ease back. Because if I'm on to the next thought, I haven't fully comprehended the first thought. See what I'm saying? And he's blessed me and gifted me. And that's why I can do so well in counseling and things like that. Because he allowed me to ease back. Amen. And so you want to be able to quiet the noise so that now you just want to hear what God has to say. You know, I don't even want to hear what I want, because at the end of the day, if it's not what God wants, it's not going to be good for me. Amen. Amen. And so be still. So this is a way to practice this. Be still. And you tell yourself, I'm not in charge. Come on. I'm giving you practical application. You could be getting ready to pray. I want you to be still. Be still and then tell yourself, I am not in charge. Amen. You tell yourself and then your soul is going to say, well, check this gold line and check that. Check this, check that. Don't check nothing. Amen. Be still. You are not in charge. Like I said, a lot of times the answers to your prayers come after you stop asking. Now you start to get God dropping stuff, dropping just revelation, just dropping stuff on you. But this is going to require the sacrificial living. I'm not in charge. Y'all okay with that? Well, pastor, what if we grown? You're still not in charge. Amen. Amen. And you know, when you're a kid, you want to be in charge. And then those you know, siblings get to arguing with each other. You can't tell me what to do. Because really nobody likes to be told what to do. But the whole thing is this is messed up. We don't like people telling us what to do, but that's what the kingdom is all about. God says, I am God and you are not. And I am in charge and you are not. So go to Luke, Luke 22, 42, Luke 22, 42. And Jesus was trying. He was asking God, there's another way. I don't man. If anybody would understand everything, you would think it would be Jesus. But then here's Jesus saying, Father, he's getting ready to be crucified. But he's saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But look at what he says so quick. Nevertheless, not my will. Come on. But thy will be done. See, that's like you saying, nevertheless, I'm not in charge. Lord, this don't even feel right, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because that's what you said. If you are able to live like that, man, you're positioned for God's goodness because God always knows more than we know. Now, I want to give you this to make sure we're clear on it before we even close out this message. But partial obedience does not work with God. I'm telling you, man, I'm wondering what are these people doing in our world today? This partial obedience does not work with God. Some people do some of what God said. But they don't do all of what God said. Some people tune in to certain parts of the message and tune out of other parts. 
That is not the way our God works. God is in charge. And so I want to learn how to hear and obey. I want to hear and obey. And so the first thing I got to do is understand this. I got to die to self. I got to get out the way. Man, I got to deny myself, pick up my cross, follow him. Man, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. This is stuff you just got to do. Just got to habitually do these things. Then I got to learn how to quiet down my soul. I got to shut down all these voices, even my own voice. Because I don't want my voice interfering when I'm trying to get some instruction from God. And then here I am talking. Here I am coming up with some logical solution, some way of getting something done. But just because you came up with it don't mean it's God. Amen. 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 Even the worst is you better try them spirits and see if they be of God. And the enemy can get in there, man, and interfere with your prayer life. But if you understand, partial obedience won't work. And so I got to be emptied out enough to where I can hear God and I'll be willing to do whatever he says. All I need to know is that's what he said. And there's a story in first Kings. Well, I'll paraphrase this, but I, I'm going to challenge you guys to go read this like for some homework or something. But first Kings 13, eight through 24. And so I'm going to paraphrase some paraphrase some of the things happening here. And this is powerful. This is a prophet that God sent to go speak to a king because God would send his men to go speak to people who are out of order. And this king had these altars for these false gods and all this type of stuff. And God sent this prophet over there and said, I want you to tell him, man, shut this down. And then this king gets upset at what the man of God is saying and, and trying to do. And so all of a sudden he decides that he's going to point at it and tell him to stop. Well, God mess around and paralyzes his hand. So now the man starts pointing at the man of God. The king is pointing mad and all of a sudden. My man is stuck. And then all of a sudden he says. Oh, can you pray to your God to unfreeze my hand? And so the prophet goes and he prays. And the man's hand. And so here goes the king. And the king all of a sudden says, well, this is great what you've done. Why don't you come over to my palace and let me feed you and let me what? Give you some worldly stuff. Now, let's pick up on verse 8. So you can skip back to yeah, verse 8. First uh, Kings 13, verse 8. But the man of God said, the king, he said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own. How I many of y'all know this steadfast obedience, man? This will keep you from being duped. Amen, People want to give you stuff. If it ain't coming from God, don't take it. Amen. You don't need that. You don't know what. See, people are entering themselves into unholy alliances. They're taking stuff from people. And God, I don't care if that. You, I don't care if you're down to your last few dollars and somebody want to give you something. If it ain't from God, don't take it. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I will not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. For the Lord gave me this commandment. What is that? That's instruction. He God told him. He says, you must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he told him what to do. This man did good. He went over there and said everything he was supposed to say. He came against these uh, idols and these false altars and all this type of stuff. And he did what he was supposed to say. The king tried to entice him and he told the king, I'm not going with you because this is what God told me. And so he left Bethel and went home another way. Next verse. Just got to see this because the devil's very crafty. And it says, as it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. Stop right there. Now, who was this? This is an old prophet. Come on. You don't be know me. See, you get these people. You obeying God. And they say, well, I, you know. 
I'm saved too. And, and all of a sudden they got a word for you. Come on, lazy people look for a word from anyone. Come on, somebody. I said it. I said it again. Lazy people look for a word from anyone. You don't want to endure with the Lord and get in that word and tarry, but you'll go ahead and let me get on YouTube and get a word for my future. There's too many people doing that. Instead of you get your word from God. Amen. It's always going to be decently and in order. Yeah, you'll go to church and I'll say things and it'll quicken you and it'll be uh, instructions, but that's ordered by God. But all this freelance stuff is not ordered by God. They might have a word, but it don't mean it's your word. Amen. Amen. And so the old prophet asked him, he asked his sons, which way did he go? So now remember, this man obeyed God and he's on his way. He's on his way back. He's doing right. But here goes this old prophet and he asked him, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. He said, quick, saddle the donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? He said, yes, I am. He replied. Next verse. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. So is it okay? But after all, he's, you know. This is a religious person. So it's got to be okay. How many know the devil know how to act religious too? And so then he said, uh, no, I cannot. He replied, I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return To Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered. I am a prophet too. Just as you are. See you know why it's important for you to hear God for yourself. Somebody can come and tell you man. These people are doing this all the time. That's how cults start. They come over here and they tell these people. This is what it really means. And people are not hearing for themselves. And so they just follow after anything. And so this man, he already obeyed God. So he heard the voice of God. But now this old prophet tricked him. He says, I'm a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. Y'all see this? Now, even a prophet could be deceived. Who was following instructions but then the devil uses somebody to get in there and confuse it next verse oh so they went back together and the man of god ate now he did it he wouldn't ate, but god said don't do it so my point in all of this today is i want you to be able to hear god i want you to be able to know what god's telling you to do and if you don't have clarity yet don't do nothing And if somebody says, well, we need you to make a decision tomorrow. Well, if God didn't give you your answer, then you let him know tomorrow. I don't know. I ain't got no decision for you. And if you're telling me I got to make my decision right now, then the answer is no. Because I'm still waiting on the Lord. I need clarity from my God. And so they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Next verse. Then while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. Now look at this. So the devil got in and deceived this old prophet. But now this old prophet, he's called an old prophet because he was connected to God at some point. Now the God who he was connected comes back in and starts speaking to him. And now the old prophet is about to give a word to the new prophet. And the old prophet is the one that deceived the new one. That's messed up. That's like, dang, God. You're going to use the guy who deceived me to tell me the punishment I'm getting from you? Wow. And he cried out uh, to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord. And disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to the place and you ate and drank, even though I tricked you to do it. (laughs) 
He told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him. And the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. Y'all see that? Now, why, why did I tell you this story? Partial obedience doesn't work for God. Amen. God said, do not eat. Amen. He said, okay, I'm not going to do it. But then guess what? Every time the enemy is going to tempt you. God already told you don't do it. You know what God did? You know what the enemy is going to do? Send somebody else. God said, don't do that. Don't go over there. And then was it, ain't you coming? Why don't you come? You know, you should. Oh, it ain't that bad. And the enemy's always going to try to entice you. But you better know how to hear and obey God. If I know how to hear God and obey God, then I'm going to be kept on the blessed road. And I'm not going to have all these pitfalls. I'm not going to have all these sidetracks. I'm going to stay on the blessed road. And then good things are going to come into my life. Amen. Proverbs 16:25. He says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end are the ways of death. And so it might seem right, but is it right? You don't live in the, it seems right. You live in the, I know this is right. So we're not going to be aimlessly just stretching out into life and just ending up anywhere. We're going to be going where God tells us because our steps are divinely ordered by him. And let's close with Psalm 1830. And you can rest with this. As for God. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. So God's never going to lead you astray. But you want to be in that place where you can hear God. You want to be in that place where you can quiet the noise. You can say, oh, I'm, (laughs) you know what, I really, I know I would like this or that right now, but I don't want it that bad. Because you don't want anything that God doesn't want for you. You don't want to push a timeline. You don't want to get into something before God's ready for you to be in that thing. You want to be in the perfect will of God. I'm trying to get the church to where we don't settle for the permissive will of God. We don't just do what God allows. Sometimes God allows stuff. But that does not mean that's what he wanted for you. And so we're not robots and we have a free will. But. I believe that we can learn to hear and obey. How many of y'all believe you can do that? Come on, somebody. How many? Come on. How many of y'all believe like, no, I, I'm, I believe I can learn how to hear God and obey. And then you have a, a fearless way about yourself. Oh, no. I'm going to obey. Now, don't second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. The, the approach to this is easy. Really, the less you know, the better. Oh, come on. But sometimes we become too smart for our own good. And we think that we can take the intellectualism of the world and apply it to the kingdom. I'll be the first to tell you that doesn't work with God. God has all the power. God can speak through a donkey, so he don't need you to know everything. But what he needs from you is a willingness to surrender. Amen. A willingness to just bow and say, not my will, but thy will be done. And God's instruction leads you on a path where you're going to bring forth fruit. How many are ready to step into where I'm walking into the fruit of my good decisions? Come on, somebody. I just, oh man, I'm just walking into the fruit of my good decisions. And what will happen is you'll make good decisions. And later on you're going to be like. Yeah I'm glad I did that. And it's going to be more good coming your way. And less of oh the devil's attacking again. And ah oh, man we don't have time for that. Amen. God's called me to walk on high. God's called me to walk above. Come on I'm seated above man. I don't have. He ain't calling me to be down here. Listen God told me this even recently. He said the devil's trying to get you to contend. In a war that's already been won. I said, what? Yeah, he's trying to get you to engage, but he's already defeated. And so if I realize he's already defeated, 
I ain't, man, I ain't got time for you. You don't have to. Sometimes you can just do like that and the devil just go tumbling down the street. Amen. Imagine that. You're just walking around and just all of a sudden you just boom, boom, boom. Devil tumbling it down the street because victory belongs to you. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for meeting us here tonight. We thank you for the power of your truth. We know, Lord, that we can live our lives today as more than conquerors. We can live above anything that the enemy would try to bring our way. But it's going to require a surrender. It's going to require sacrificial obedience. I'm praying, Lord, that you impress this upon your people, those listening here live and those online. Help them to know it's okay to give you full control. Maybe you're watching us right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. Everything for you starts right here. Just say yes. Maybe in this place you never say yes. Just say yes. You say, what am I saying yes to? You're just saying yes to Jesus. What if you don't understand anything? You're in a great place right there. That's the best place to be. But if you say yes, Jesus will come in and bring his power and transform your life. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord right there. Amen.